Math the pod. Match week 14. We got half the crew in here. It's just me and Dylan. But I think some would argue it's the... I don't know, better looking is probably the right word, but the, the, the more understanding and, and the, the calmer of the two brothers uh, groups, maybe, right? No? More logical, I'd say. Yeah, I, th- I think since I have to edit the podcast, there are times where I have to bump your mic volume up a little bit because people don't get to hear what you say because I think Nick has taken it upon himself to, to use up some of the air. I'll say that, you know? Yeah, it's that older brother syndrome thing. Like you'd understand. I I totally get that. I totally get that. <laughs> it's the our 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 ball usage um, on on the podcast is distributed a little bit differently now. But it's Dylan's flu game, not feeling well. Podding anyway. I'm glad that he is here because I didn't want to have to do this by myself. Um, do you tell the fans what you were gonna do? Well, yeah, you said that as a surprise just in case. No, yeah, we should just surprise. I think that's like a good because at some point I, someone will have to do it by themselves. At some point I'll have to do it by myself, and I think it'll be a good surprise if all of a sudden the music starts playing and then we can go from there. Which <laughs> which right, was the plan anyway. Um, all right, midweek games are over. It's a double dip of the podcast this week, um, and it was fun having midweek soccer. I guess right. I mean, Michael's addicted to it. Yes. He, he was, was it Tyrone Biggsing us? Like, just <laughs> literally looking for it at this point. He's, he's like, sending us uh, gifts and memes at 9 and 10 in the morning. Just, like, I can't wait for 2.15. Um, it, it, was, it was great to have it, but it was definitely not the best football and the best soccer that we've ever seen. This week actually was kind of shitty uh, when it comes to games, which we'll get into now. Um, Tuesday we had two. Newcastle won, Norwich City won was the first one. Um, Callum Wilson gets Newcastle off the mark in the 61st minute, even though they were down a man. Uh, but Timo Puki is able to pull the Canaries even in the 79th. 1-1, like I said, is the final. Both teams picking up a point, and this was a game between 20th place Newcastle, 19th place Norwich. Newcastle with seven points, Norwich with ten. Um, Norwich three points off of the safety zone where Watford sits at thirteen. Um, what do you say about this? I mean, I think we all watched this one actually together, which is a rarity. Uh, I don't. It was it was weird. It's a weird two teams going against each other. I say I was actually excited to watch this game um, just to see. Since I've been backing Norwich this whole time, I just needed to know exactly where they stand. Um, and then getting a red card, uh, what, nine minutes into the game? Yep. And going down one nothing, I was like, oh, no. I've made a horrible, horrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they fought back. I, I feel like both teams suck. They, it's the, I'll admit it just because I know the other half of our podcast can't make fun of me for what I'm saying right now and admitting that I'm at least a little bit wrong I still think Norwich is gonna squeak their way out uh maybe they'll go to Nashville way and just tie their way out of the relegation battle um but other than Pookie they just have absolutely nothing else to actually like scare teams into scoring yes and they're 
But on top of that, it's not like Newcastle did anything crazy either. Like it mm. was just, I think you put it the best way. I I don't want to steal your thunder, but yeah, like um, watching that game with like circus music in the background was definitely the best way to watch it. Yeah, I, and I I think th- what I took from it was wow, Newcastle is actually this bad, and and they went up one one nothing, but they're and, and down a man. I guess you know that says something, but to there's just nothing that they to to have the red card itself was kind of like what Newcastle is. I was like they're they're terrible. The only other issue was like how you just said Norwich. I think are that bad too. I don't think either of them are as good as Burnley is. Maybe, but what what does what happened with Josh Sargent? I. I guess it's your typical can't handle the Premier League because he he actually didn't look that bad last year in Bundesliga, but like yeah, I mean our boy Timo couldn't handle the transition, so like I'm not gonna blame it on Sargent. I think it's just a style of play; it's not working out. Yeah, he needs to toughen up a little bit. He, I mean, there was a few times where he had the ball in this game, and it was just like it it looked like he belonged at Norwich City. Put it that way, like it it, it yeah. was par for it was like hey, okay, this makes sense that you're here type of thing. So maybe that is it. Um, yeah, Pookie's the only Pookie's definitely the best player on the field in this game, barring well, like Saint Maximin maybe. But it, both these teams are are, are pretty bad. Um, actually, super impressive that the past four games Norwich has eight points. Like that's insane. It's big to really. It's think big because when you look at the table, like I know we keep making fun of them, but like I have to change one of my picks too. Because I think I have them beating Spurs coming up, but <laughs> after watching the Spurs game, I think they just don't give up goals anymore yeah. right now, which is good for them. But um, I mean, they're only three points off of getting past Watford, and Watford's been playing well, but they they can't win. I actually think Southampton might actually they played well too. Yeah, fuck. All right, it's gonna. I'm be just tough. gonna say Norwich is still gonna make it up, but it looks tough now that I'm looking at it. it, it it's tough. I mean, the, the the first duh comment of the podcast. It's gonna be tough, but being only down three points compared to six, like the six points Newcastle is down now. I feel like Newcastle's done insurmountable. Like it's just not gonna happen for them. So unless they buy a whole new team in January, it's done. Yeah, it's I and. They will absolutely run away with the championship next year. Uh, parachute payments or not, for sure. I mean, knowing how well we are at predicting things, we also should probably just say congratulations, Newcastle. You will be staying up based off of the comments we just made. Thousand percent. They're not making it. That's valid. <laughs> that's very valid. Um, all right, second game of the night on Tuesday. Leeds won Crystal Palace nil. A game that was pretty much even the entire time, if not leaning more towards Palace, uh, Leeds steal it in the 90th minute when Rafinha is a- awarded a penalty. He puts it home and Leeds win 1-0. Uh, I think, interestingly enough, I just said that possession heavily on Leeds, uh, XG pretty similar, and every other statistic Heavily on Leeds. So maybe I was wrong when I'm watching. The, the eye test told me Palace. The statistics told me Leeds. I, as you were like, saying that, I was looking up the stats because I was yeah. pretty sure that Leeds kind of dominated Palace, which got me digging. 
I'm going to see how well this trend actually plays. Um, but Palace at home, good mid-table Premier League team. Palace mm. away, bad. A little shaky. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can't be trusted. <laughs> okay, all right. I I feel like this is probably pretty accurate. I mean, still, I we beat this dead horse every week with leads. A Bielsa team should not only be scoring because of a penalty. They and got lucky. To, like they got lucky at the end. Yes, this this should have easily been nil nil, and and then they got the win. But the fact that they used to score at least once a game, no matter who they were playing, and now it's like we got to get a penalty to score on Palace. I think there's an issue there. Which do we have any idea what it could be? Is it is it him? Is is it just like the, the players are tired of playing for him? It's three years now, I guess. Potentially, like, I don't know. Like, when you, I think we said this on an earliest one, or I did. Like, Bamford not being there, I think, hurts them, like, mm-hmm. with his injury and all that. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're, they're relying on, I feel like, like, they signed Daniel James being like, he's going to be our savior to be able to fix this. And, like, he's, was it? He's that, uh, you're not that guy, pal. You're, yeah. You're not that guy. Like, that's exactly what he is. Like He was, I feel like he was a big time FIFA sign- uh, signing because he's got 98 speed and you're just attempting to play a through ball on his side the entire game to get him, like, out so that he can either shoot or pass the ball. And, like, if there's one thing that we know for sure, you know, real life isn't FIFA. Uh, and he's got one goal. I mean, I, I kind of hope he does well. I, I liked him when when he was playing, but the team looks... Neither one of these teams looked that great. I mean, Palace had better games before this, which I think all of us were kind of more up on Palace lately, so this was a little shocking that they played this poorly, but your theory might be correct. Like, it might They've be... They've at home. Yeah. I think it might be Leeds at home is actually a tough game still. Leeds away, you can you can ship it. Like, it is. That's a, That's three points. Yeah, but I ultimately, I think I could see uh, Crystal Palace, you know, as long as like they keep playing how they have been at home and all that, still finding a way to challenge and be maybe top 10 potentially. I am actually still scared for Leeds until they can figure out how to actually score goals without having to get a penalty. Um, and that's probably like the pot calling the kettle black because the Wolves don't know how to <laughs> score goals anymore either. But still, until they can figure it out, like, I think they could find themselves in some trouble. That's a good point. I mean, now Leeds sit at 15th on 15 points. A tie in this one would have given them 13 and, you know, level with Watford at 17th. A loss, they would have been just sitting right above Burnley and Norwich uh, with 12. Um, yeah. The, this win will they'll probably, if they, if they keep, stay up, this will actually probably be a pretty big catalyst win for them. Um, Palace right now, at 11th place on 16 points. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think the 9, 10, 11, maybe 8 and 12, somewhere around there is where they're going to end up. Yeah. Chelsea, um, or Leeds is screwed, by the way. Did we talk about this last podcast? Their schedule? Yeah. I was just looking at their December. Like, yeah. that win's actually huge for them because after this week against Brentford, which I actually think the Bees are on a downslope at the moment, but, like, on top of that, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa to close out December. Like it's a good thing they got the three points there because they could they could still be in trouble by the yeah. time this month's over. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
there's a handful of teams that we're gonna, we've talked about with their December schedules that any point they can get at this point is is a very important one, obviously. Um, first set of games on Wednesday. Let's jump into Southampton and Leicester. Uh, tied 2-2. Uh, Bednarak scored in the third for Southampton to put him up. It was equaled by Johnny Evans in the 22nd for Leicester. And then Che Adams scores one to take the Saints up 2-1 in the 34th. James Madison equals again in the 49th. And then the rest of the game really played out pretty evenly. Um, this is a like Purdue versus Illinois football game at this point in the middle of the football season. Like, what are we going to learn from this? Probably nothing. What does this tell us? Not really much. I Maybe the only thing I could think of is Lester really aren't that good. I think it taught me two things. Okay. One, maybe we were right, and the only person who's scoring for Southampton is Che Adams because he, <laughs> he actually does keep scoring. Yeah. Um, two... Lester's defense kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's the other issue here. It's like I'm not worried about them being able to score a goal in a game or maybe two, but like they're at a point where they have to score like three or four goals to actually win, win games now because defensively it, it's just not there this year. Yeah. I think the Soyuncu uh, guy, the, uh, the Turkish center back they had, had a great year last year. Um, I think City almost actually purchased them. And this year it has – not been that great for him. Uh, if I'm looking at, you know, statistics right now, average rating this year is like a six seven six eight. That's just not going to get it done. But I totally agree. It's it's almost wasting how good we know Schmeichel can be, like at the, at his top. Wasting him back there with not having a more solid back line. But then also you have people like Madison, Indeedy, Harvey Barnes. Vardy, even with how old he is, um, you know, uh, I believe Tillemans is still injured. Fafana is still injured, but still, I, the Joes that they're putting out on the field are better than Southampton, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like that. This should have been should have been more of a win, um, and I think Southampton sneakily is gonna at some point, like you just said with. Uh, Norwich, maybe. They're going to tie their way out of getting relegated. It's the old Burnley effect. Mm-hmm. It works. It's successful. Like, it sucks as a fan to have to watch that, but, like, I mean, I guess if you're going to tie games 2-2, at least you're getting exciting games. As yeah. Normally, the Burnley effects, hey, it's 0-0. Like, but we're still in the Premier League. 1-1 with our goal being, like, off of someone's shoulder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, so... I think it's also good with this pod. Let's make sure everyone knows where some teams are at. Southampton in 16th on 15 points. Um, They're just above Watford. And then Leicester, you know, in 10th on 19 points, but it's been a shaky past couple of weeks for them. Their goal differential is negative three. They've given up 25 goals, which is the most in the top 10. And it's actually the most outside of 17th. Watford's given up 26, Norwich has given up 28, and Newcastle's given up 30. So they've given up the fourth most goals in the entire Premier League. Yeah. So I feel like Leicester's like leads for us. Like we keep 
picturing their uh, 2000, I guess technically what, the 2020, 21 season mm-hmm. version of them, and they're just not here. And like eventually mm-hmm. my brain's going to figure that out. I just don't know when. Yeah. But like, these are the right, games, I'm like, they're going to figure it out now. Like they're not playing a tough team. Here we go. And then, yeah. Right now, I'm I'm right there with you. Where it's like every time I pick someone for like weekly picks, and it's Leicester versus Southampton versus Watford versus Burnley versus Villa. It's like oh, it's automatic. Yeah, yep. go right there, and, and that's probably not it. Um, next game. Speaking of Watford, uh, Watford one, Chelsea two. Uh, really, really odd game. I think it got delayed at the beginning because a fan. May have had a heart attack or something like that. Michael kind of alerted us to this. Um, but Chelsea started the scoring in the 29th with a Mason Mount goal. Um, Watford tied it up in the 43rd with an Emmanuel Dennis goal. And then Chelsea ended up with the game winner in the 72nd um, from Hakeem Zayic. Uh, Mount got the assist on that one as well. So him being back and being in form looks pretty good. Uh it's good when Chelsea wins a game and they give up a goal because that's something that we've always talked about them struggling to do, I guess. And they scored two goals that weren't from defenders. True. It's a big win. Very true. Um, what was Mike? Did Michael lose? Michael lost then. No? No. That, Nick said that they were going to score over th- – Chelsea alone was scoring over three and a half goals, which I don't know. I think he's so – like, he owes so many beers, he's been drinking some of them on his own because that was a drunken-ass bet to make there. It made zero sense. Well, I think Michael put the original line out, and you and I looked at each other and was like, oh, this is not This is actually a normal line. And then, you're right, Nick came over the top and was like, they're going to score six on their own. Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah. Chelsea's better than Watford. Watford's... Interesting. Yeah, I mean... They're not Norwich and Newcastle, right? Like, they can stay in a game. They have some some players that actually look decent in this one. But they may be 18th. Burnley might catch them. This whole group leads Southampton, Watford, Burnley. Um, Really, really interesting. Um, Again, you expect Chelsea to win. They won. They got to score two goals. Uh... Did you get to watch this at all? Do you know how Pulisic looked? I, to be honest, yeah. I did not see this one because yeah. I got to watch the like most entertaining game of the yeah, of yeah. the whole ten oh, o'clock oh, hour. Then. We'll get to that game. Yeah. No worries. Um, like I said, Watford sitting on seventeenth with thirteen points, just above the drop zone, and Chelsea still, uh, you know, leading the league, thirty three points, one point above Man City. Um, glad Pulisic's back. I'm hoping he gets to play a little bit more. It's one of those things where I hope he scores two goals and Chelsea loses 3-2, which is I, I don't know. I mean, looking at the table, too, like, I was just looking at Watford's schedule while we are talking about them because, like, in my mind, I feel like they've been in pretty good form and maybe I'm just relating it to the United game because mm-hmm. when I'm looking back at it, like, they lost this game 2-1, but I feel like at least I think Michael was watching it and he was telling us, like, Watford, Watford was actually bringing it to Chelsea for a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But then, like, before that, like, we just talked about how Leicester's so inconsistent and can't beat these teams. They lost 4-2 to them. They lost to Arsenal, like, in between there. And then they got shut out, like, the other, like, four games before that. Like, they probably yeah. deserve to be where they're at in 17th. But in my mind, I thought that they were, like, playing in much better form. And it just 
doesn't seem that way. It's so you know what? Just looking at their results, they're really good at blowing out teams that then we can pile on. So like when they they blew out United, we got to pile on Nick. They blew out Everton, and we were just sitting here like Everton's bad. They're actually bad. Uh, they blew out Norwich. We got to make fun of you. Like, I think that might be their mo. Um, they're a huge question mark. I feel like though, we think we know Brentford. They're a huge question mark. We definitely don't know Villa. They're a question mark. Uh, anything eleven and down. We were just talking about before we started recording. If I have to predict any of these games, I get it wrong. I don't know. Well, we do get it wrong, or at least I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, none of us are above, well, Nick's above 500, but there's a huge asterisk. He's, he but, started late. It doesn't count. Yeah. So, you know, we think we might know Watford. I don't think we know them, like, nearly at all. Do I think they're going to stay up? Yeah. I actually do think Leeds is the best candidate still to, to be 18th. I know point. we have, I'm going to give you three teams. <clears throat> I know we're going game by game, but from a relegation standpoint, because we're, like, talking about these teams and... I'm pretty sure the next game is probably against about Burnley that we're about to mm-hmm. talk about. I yep. could be wrong. But I'm going to give you three teams that aren't currently in the relegation zone from 12 down that I actually think could be in trouble. Yep. Watford, mm-hmm. Leeds, and Everton. And I know Everton's never been relegated ever. But I'm kind of – when we get to the Everton game, we can talk about it, But I'm a little bit scared for Everton. I agree. I, I agree with all three of those. All four not, or whatever. And I'm not saying they're going to go down, but if I was a fan of those teams, I'd be sleeping with one eye open, at least until the end of the year. Well, we can talk about when, when we get to the Everton game, but it wasn't so long ago when you looked up, you were in the top 10, and now you're at 14th, and that's never a good sign. Um, let's go to it, because I'm sure it'll be a quick one. Wolves nil, Burnley nil. Back-to-back weeks with Wolves not scoring. Ah, but back-to-back weeks with Wolves getting a clean sheet. Our defense is still solid, which is great. I'm tired of... I think I just hate soccer coaches during draws after games because they're all like, oh, we didn't get the effort we wanted, but oh. like, if we keep trying harder, like the goals will come and all this shit. Like, it's, I feel like it's such a player's coach thing, just be like... Just, we'll keep working harder, and eventually the goals will come. Yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming you didn't watch any of this game? Mm, I, I saw I the I actually you. sat and watched the highlights. So, I am I know I was texting you guys during this. We were the better team than Burnley. Like, I, it's something where I wasn't worried about... Bur- it was the same thing as the Norwich game. I wasn't worried that Burnley was about to score on us or anything yeah. like that. And we looked way more lively with the ball than we did against Norwich, um, probably because we're at home and they're just waiting for people to start yelling at us and or yelling at them and whatnot. But, like, this game should have been over on one play and one play alone, and I'm going to break it down for people on a, you know, a podcast that people yeah. can't physically see. There was a point in the game where Adama had a two-on-one where literally it was him and Raul, and as we all know... Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, now you remember... <laughs> Adama is great at getting us breakaways on that, and I, and I get that. But his final act in the final third is worse than a twist in an M. Not Shyamalan movie. Like, it's <laughs> the fucking worst. He doesn't know what to do. So, like, I'm just going to ask you this question. If you have a breakaway and you already know, like, 
oh, I'm having trouble, like, actually shooting the ball and getting it anywhere near the net. And you have the person running it with you as the striker on the team who literally knows how to actually put the ball on net, let alone actually into the goal. And there's no one else around you for about 50 yards except for the goalie and the one defender who's playing so close to you. If you even pause for half a beat and then make that pass, he's now one-on-one with the goalie. But what does he do? He just keeps his head down like a freaking like horse with blinders on, just keeps going, and then ends up, he made a decent move, but then he also shoots it 100 miles per hour when it doesn't need to be shot 100 miles per hour, and then literally it rifles off the crossbar. But then he's so in his head, sorry, this turned into a little bit of a rant, and I apologize. No, I like it. But, but then he's so in his head now at this point that coming into halftime, Connor Cody, who's our captain, Mm-hmm. You could see him literally telling him, hey, man, like, you should keep your head up. Like, that was our moment to score. Like, you fucked up. So then there's another part in the game where, again, there is a three-on-two developing. And this time, they let Adama keep running. I think literally Burnley realized he's never going to put it on net. Let him keep going. And right outside of the 18, he stops and then decides to cross in when there's two, the two defenders are covering Raul. Where this was the time to go and actually you should shoot, he got in the head and crossed it because I think of what got told him at halftime. But, like, luckily, it's been on the boards. He needs to be sold in January. Yeah. Go get our money. Apparently, Leipzig wants him. Liverpool wants him. So I hope Michael gets him and then he can freak out about this. But, like, the game should have been won. It's unfortunate because Adama actually did play well. He's just has this tunnel vision. It's so fucking annoying. Other than that, 0-0 game, everyone else sucks. We now play five top four teams, and we're going to end up being in 12th place by the time Boxing Day comes. Super excited. That's all I got. Um, incredible. Uh, the question I had, first, still still Bruno Ball, where, where's your level at? A six. Out of ten? Like, yeah, like, we're still defensively sound, which I'm happy about. And the problem is... We're not where we were in the beginning of the year, where we were creating all these opportunities and then just couldn't finish. Mm-hmm. We're now just being lazy and there's just no opportunities. So, I don't know. I'm, I will let you know once, because we also haven't really played many big teams. I'm curious to see how he attacks when we go back-to-back with Liverpool and Man City. Yeah. Like, I don't expect to win either of those games, but I'm curious tactically what he does to at least see if we can just keep getting a point out of it. Not that I expect that at all, but if they can. My, my second question was... I wanted to ask about Bruno Ball first. My second question is, I feel like it's a red flag if you have been dominating the whole game or, like, controlling the game. He makes one sub. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm fans of teams that coaches hate subbing. It's insane. Wait, you're the a union fan? don't sub either, by the way. Just oh, okay, okay, okay. But, like, why... Why not... It, do you have no one on the bench? Is, where's Fabio Silva's beautiful long locks? Like he's still he's sitting on the bench, but like I think the, I think because they're still so worried about developing him, which is why we probably shouldn't have spent the money that we did. <laughs> but he he's not going to come on because Rule's the better option. Potence has COVID, so he's not he can't come off the bench, which actually bench. kills you guys. I I I think I've told you this a couple of different times. When we play you guys, I hate Daniel Potence. Like he well, always I think has he's an, back for when he'll be back. Yeah, he always has an impact when we play you guys. Yeah. But, like, so, like, all we had is Trincao to come off the bench, and then everyone else is more defensive-minded. So, like, in that type mm. of game, that's not what you're doing. And, like, 
at this point, my mindset is officially, I got the gloat two weeks ago because we're in sixth place. It's now hang on to being somewhere in the top 10 by the time we get to January. Make make a move or two in the January window with Neto coming back. Because like people forget that he was a stud. And, I mean, we'll see how he comes back off of that. But, like, if you have... If you basically your bench, and we can stop talking about the Wolves at this point because I'm sure people didn't expect like 15 minutes on this <laughs> 0-0-game. But if you can get Raul starting with um, Huang and whether it's Neto, and then you have a Potence, hopefully we sell Adama for this exact reason because you can then do Potence and uh, Tricao coming off the bench and running off of that. Like, mm-hmm. we're in a good spot. Yeah. So. I, I just looked at your bench. I had no clue. If you take out John Ruddy, your yeah. oldest person was Trinkout's 21, and everyone else is under 20. Correct. And Ruddy's our goal key, our backup yeah, goalie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ruddy's the, the keeper. But that's insane. So you literally had no you had no options. You had no. Trinkout. He was not even going to think to put any of these other people in. Like, he would maybe put Silva in, but to your point, like, like I was saying, like, Rahul, is the, he's not coming out. And no. You'd have to so. change totally how you're playing the game to have Raul in and Silva in. Correct. That's so interesting. All right. Well. Welcome to small club life. You don't, we don't just have a bench at all games. <laughs> Especially, well, that's the other thing, too. We're about to play, what, seven games in, like, 20 days. So, like, you can't just go nuts either. Like, like our version of rotating is very different. Like, I can tell you right now, Raul will play this weekend against Liverpool, and then, like, it will turn into something where, like, Silva might play against you guys, and, like, Raul comes off the bench or something like that. Like, it, it yeah. and that's why, like, he probably is like, we're not going to win these games, so let's put out something that could tie and then go from there. Yeah. West Ham won. Brighton and Hove Albion won. Uh, the Gauls continue to tie. West Ham should be a little disappointed to not get all three points in this one. They scored in the fifth minute from Thomas Suchek. Um, they also had a Mikhail Antonio goal called out for VAR in the 48th. And then out of nowhere, seemingly, in the 89th minute, Neil Malpe gets a pass from Tariq Lamptey and does like a half bicycle kick and gets it past the West Ham keeper Fabianski. 1-1. Impressive for Brighton, even though they're still not winning, but impressive and unimpressive, I guess, or, or, or disappointing is the better word for West Ham. I think depth's an issue. Yeah. it's. I think fi- we're finally hitting the point that we've been talking about. I Like, I want West Ham at this point. You know what? I heard – who said this? I heard someone say this, and I actually loved it. I don't want them to run out of steam, but at this point, I think West Ham was constructed to beat the top clubs, mm-hmm. but then falter potentially against like these mid-table clubs and like have games like this, as opposed to like. I'll save the second part of it. I'm. I will finish this thought on another game because I don't want to tease who the other game is. But this <laughs> other team is kind of built to win games that they're supposed to, but then will never beat any of the big clubs. I yeah I. I think we are actually starting to see where it's like West Ham again, two subs off the bench, Lanzini and um, Masayoka, Masayoku. Um, I don't, I'm looking at their bench and I'm like, who else do you bring out here? Like, is it the opposite center bat? Like, there's there's no other attacking options to help Antonio out. Fornals is great. They are going to 
I actually, if I'm West Ham, I'm putting more eggs in the Europa League basket than I think you normally would. There's more money there. Like yeah. the more rounds I move forward, you have to. Like they yeah. have nine. They have nine games in December, by the way. Yes. Like it's a lot. And and this is they're going to end up at, and we should be paying attention to this because of like how we're picking some of these because you and I were just talking about how we're doing so terrible at this like. Chelsea, Zagreb, Burnley, Arsenal. You have to assume that we were just talking about last week. Arsenal game, you'd think that they're better than Arsenal, but because they're playing so many more of these games where they actually have to use like a full roster, that Arsenal game now looks like Arsenal could probably beat them. Uh, yeah. They are lucking out a bit though. Like they got Norwich, they got Burnley. Tottenham again, they'll fall in that Arsenal category, and then they got Southampton and Watford. Like their December in the league, not that crazy difficult. But if we have to add in uh, the Tottenham games, Carabao Cup, even like it's not, it's not a league game. Like their league run here in December is not going to be crazy. But they're going to lose one or two of these that we're just sitting here like, why did West Ham lose this? And it's literally going to be because they've been playing too many games. Do we know where they stand in Europa? Like, have they clinched a spot, though, out of yeah. the group? So they're, then, they're clinched out of the group. Because so Zagreb's the last one. So you would think they don't play anyone. Because at that point, then, because that, that's the thing. is, If I'm a fan there, you, you basically hope you lose that game or whatever. I don't know if they already clinched first or not. Because or, yeah. in Europa, first obviously matters because you don't have to play one of the teams dropping down. Um, mm-hmm. But if they can ha- allow like youth players to play there... And then focus on the schedule. Like, you're in fourth place still, even through this match week, like, going into December. Like, that's huge for they're at. So, to your point, if they can handle that stuff, I just I just think they're running out of steam a little bit. Um, and it, it's the same problems that we just kind of talked about with the Wolves. You don't have the bench to be able to rotate as much as you need to. Yeah. it's So, they've, they've already clinched first. Zagreb's in second with seven, and they got 13. Um, so, they really don't have to play anyone. Yeah. This time of the year is a perfect, like, the Perfect description is a lot of these teams are now looking around being like, yo, we need a break. And it's the total opposite of what a break. Like, it is back to back to back to back to games on the weekday, like two games a week, every week. So, um, they get it next year. Well, I hope they do. FIFA made sure of it because, you know, like Cutter's happening at that time. Yeah. Oh, they actually will get, they'll actually get the break. Damn, I'm wondering how the season is gonna. Did they have they laid out how they, it'll be? I saw the setup. Yeah, they said whenever it's gonna start and end, but like I didn't really look into that article. But they, I think the, it starts a week earlier and is ending a week later. But so like basically what we're saying is they get a break, but then they're gonna come into having to play like ten games. In yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering with the the Premier League schedule. What's gonna end up happening? Like, is it just gonna be backloaded now, or is it just gonna be a whole year of like midweek games? Like that would be insane. I, I think it's gonna be that. It's gonna turn into like what, what the COVID schedule was, where it's just randomly, yeah. hey, there's a game on Wednesday, there's a game on Thursday. Yeah, which is absolutely like awful as you're if you're a player, if you're a fan, you know, not that bad. Um, Michael will love it. Um, exactly. <laughs> the other thing is, it's funny that Brighton. We just talked about people tying their way out of relegation. Brighton might tie their way into a top ten finish. That's basically where we're at at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Let's let's hit that up too. West Ham in fourth on twenty four points, um, and Brighton down to ninth. They've been in ninth, I feel like forever now, but uh, on nineteen points, tied with Leicester. 
Um, yeah. You know what? Brighton may never win a game again. They may never lose a game again either. No, they'll but, beat us. Yeah. Um, Villa 1, Man City 2. The Ruben Diaz goal in the 27th gave City the lead. Bernardo Silva followed it up in the 43rd. Uh, and then Ollie Watkins scored um, in the 47th minute for Villa to pull one more even. Uh, City end up winning the game. I'll be totally honest with everyone who listens to this podcast, and you may be able to call me a very typical Man City fan after I say this. Ollie Watkins scored the goal in the 47th minute. I passed out on the 57th minute and woke up to the post game. Seriously? So we're not yeah. you're not get, we're not getting like a twenty minute rant that I just did with the wolf from you? <laughs> no. I I don't know what's wrong with this villa team. They're just kinda even boring to match up with. And I'd never Watkins scored and then I was like, they're not gonna get a second. Like it's just not gonna happen. And I felt super comfortable on my couch and I was just like, all right, I'm gonna pass out and hopefully like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on us winning this one. Um, I don't know. I, I, I went back, watched the highlights. It's a game we need to win. We're supposed to win. We did win. Did we do it as convincingly as like Liverpool has been beating teams? No. But at this point I don't think it really matters that much because we had Kyle Walker out, De Bruyne out, Stones out, Gunda one out. Uh, Ferran Torres is leaving, apparently, anyway. So, But those are four pretty big big names for us. Um, and it was definitely, I don't know if rotated side is the best way to describe it, but we were playing two center defensive midfielders at the same time. So Is that why Jackie G didn't start, or is that because they wanted to bring him in to get him a, a standing O, like, um, because he's going back home? I, I think, so he's still coming back from injury, too. But I think they definitely wanted to get him in there so that I'm assuming people did clap. I didn't there was some booze. Was there? I don't know why, but yeah. Well, I know why, but like, yeah, there was claps and booze. Yeah. But he got I mean, in, if they were in a better position in the table and like they probably wouldn't have booed, but the fact that they haven't, like, it hasn't come to fruition what they got with 100 million yet, I think there's some booze. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was coming back from injury. I'm sure they just wanted to get him out there. He only played, what was it, seven minutes all in total, so I don't think he did much. But we we knew we had to get two goals, one goal or two goals. I think we were comfortable getting it, and then we were just like, well, we're going to play two CDMs and just not give up anything. Unfortunately, Watkins scored. So I got nothing really crazy from this game, to be honest with you. I thought that um, it was, from a mid-table perspective, I... Uh... <laughs> What? Nothing. I just love the, the mid-table perspective. Go ahead. Well, the top of the table perspective is I can take a nap with 35 minutes left, and I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> um, but mid-table perspective, I was actually – like I, it gave me some hope that like Villa played you at least a 2-1 game, like if you're in that position. Because like, while you were asleep, um, they did have a chance in like the 78th minute, 77th minute that could yeah. have equalized it. Um, but – I thought they they held their own, so like I I, I didn't know we're beating a, a a dead horse here by keep saying it, but I, I think Villa's turning it around. I don't like it, no, but they are. <laughs> I I think I think you're right. I think that's absolutely correct. I 
it's kind of like the the Brighton fans booing their ties. Like it wasn't so long ago that Brighton was the my pick for relegation every fucking year. Yeah. Um, they should be pretty happy that they're in ninth right now. I think with Villa, I know they're booing Grealish, but they actually should be pretty happy with what they purchased with that money because I think at some point they're they're hanging around thirteenth right now on sixteen points. They're gonna be in contention for that top ten finish too. Like. It's so weird because we're still so early where there's people I think could be in the top 10 finish area and people that could be in the relegation and their like Venn diagrams are just barely touching each other a little bit. Um, and I think they're, you could argue maybe that they're, I don't think relegation zone at all. I think Everton's kind of the, the cutoff right now, but I could see them in 10th. I could see them in 11th, 9th maybe if they get really going, but um, they're gonna end up being good. I think they're gonna be fine. I agree. And if not, if not, they're gonna set, sell all those people to get even more money and then buy different people. <laughs> um, all right, Everton one, Liverpool four, Hendo in the ninth, Salah in the nineteenth and sixty fourth, and then Diogo Jota in the seventy ninth for Liverpool. Um, that is every goal outside of the Damari Gray 38th minute goal that was assisted by known get me the fuck out of uh, Everton or Evertonian uh, Richarlison. Um, Liverpool looked really freaking good. I miss Diego. Game. Yeah, right? I miss him so much. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tough... That was tough to watch because... He was so happy when he scored. Um, their front line, can, and I know that Nick's not here, so we don't have any weights and heights guys uh, on the pod, but with Salah and Jota, Mane has to be the heaviest, and he has to be like around 145 or something like that. Like That is a light front line, right? I'm looking it up right now so we can give the fans what they want. <laughs> exactly. Um, you want Mane's uh, height and weight? Yes. You want it in absolutes? No ifs, buts, or maybes? Abs- that's all we talk in Liverpool, right? <laughs> all the Scousers do that. Um, all right, what did you say? What do you think he is? Like 145 at max. Where's his weight? They give his height. They don't give his weight. What the fuck? How tall do you think he is while I look this up? <laughs> um... He's 5'9", right? He's 5'9". Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Right. I know my, my brother, my brethren, my 5'9 brethren. All right, so what? Joseph, where'd you put his weight at? 145. 152. Yeah, he's got to be the heaviest. Like, Jota and Salah both have to be under, like, 150 and under. Jota's so small. I know. Okay, where, where, uh, let's... Real quick, we'll go a uh, little trifecta here. So, Jota, what do you got? Shout out to Nick for this one. Um, height. Do you got height and weight or just weight? No, I figured it out. I got both. Okay, okay. Height for Jota, I'll go 5'6". And I think that's wrong based on your face. Uh, I'll go 5'6", and then I'll go like a grizzly one. 28. Well, no, I can't, you can't be 128, f- right? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, right. he's he's one he's 140 140 flat. 
154. He's 5'10"? So they're basically like the same person. Why do I think he looks like an Ewok? He's not an Ewok. Well, Sala <laughs> does look like an Ewok, but like, why do I think he's so small? Sala's the smallest then, you think? So, well, so let me guess. Sala's height is... He's 5'7". He's 5'9". Five, five, they're all literally the same person. What the person. fuck? 5'9", 150? 161. So Salah's the heaviest. Salah's the fattest? Yeah. <laughs> He's the fattest fuck? at 161. What a <laughs> God damn. Why was I... Why is that so... Like, I was guessing high school women's soccer. Like, <laughs> and weights. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, that front line. It's the same person. Be one of the, They're attacking the clothes. Just, yeah, just three of the same people going at it. Um... Yeah, Jata looked good. Liverpool looked really, really good. I think that's no surprise there. I think the main point here, how bad can Everton get? I was saying it before. I think it can get pretty bad. I I don't want it to because I would like Hank to have a happy holidays, but like it's <laughs> it, it doesn't look great, right? It really doesn't look great right now. Like that was – I think that's the first time, too, watching an Everton-Liverpool game. Even when Everton's been bad, that game's still like a 1-1 or hard-fought mm-hmm. 2-1. Like, mm-hmm. they just came in to Goodison Park and just beat their ass. Like, at least Everton's got last year. Like, that's fun and all that. But, like, that was that was a we-know-we're-big-brother, like, deal with it. it was well, bad. I think it actually was a repercussion for the last three where it's like Everton won and then tied the other two in the league and Liverpool's like, we're not doing this again. Like that was an ass beating, like just an absolute ass kicking. It's crazy that this, it was February. These rosters aren't that different, like at all. And this is how big of a swing the game was. Everton's ha- they have their injuries, so like I'll give them credit there. Um, yeah, DCL. Yeah, I guess that's right. Mina and DCL. I think it's yeah. something where it's turning out. I don't think Rafa's the right person for the job, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I think he can say, "Oh, look at all these injuries." Where like I don't think Everton's going to fire him because of that. No, I, I I think right now, if you're any team like Everton, why fire? Because who you get? Posh. Just, just steal them, steal them from United. from United. I know they're not going to, but yeah, no, you're right. There's no one really out there. Yeah, it, they they got to hold on to them because they're they, just they might as well. They pay for them. the first time ever need to probably make some smart signings in January instead of just being like, hey, this guy was good in FIFA seven years ago, so I'm gonna sign this person from Barcelona or something like that because that's all they have. Yeah, to yeah, or 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 they will get like. Shanktosin clones. Like, yeah. that's all it is. Um, Everton in 14th on 15 points. I think we mentioned that before, but they're sitting there. Liverpool in third on 31 points. Any any last thoughts to, to leave Hank with? I hope it gets turned around just for his sake. But if not, we have the union. Doop, doop. Um, I, we're talking about that at the end of this. Just a heads up. Perfect. Uh, just so everyone knows. You might have mentioned this earlier. Everton in December coming up. Arsenal, Palace, Chelsea, Leicester, Burnley, Newcastle. There's winnable games Not, there. If they don't win those games, yeah. like it could get scary though. Because like, if you lose to Burnley and Newcastle, like that's where like oh no, there's relegation issues that you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
thousand percent. Even if you tie so, those games, it's a problem. It's it's going to be a tough road for the Toffees. Um, first game today, we are recording on a Thursday. First game today, Tottenham to Brentford nil. Sergio Cano's own goal in the twelfth give Tottenham the lead, and then the second best Korean soccer player in all of the Premier League, Youngmin San, with the second goal giving Tottenham the two nil win. Um, initial thoughts. I I said it before. I think Tottenham. I think Conte's come in and made them way more defensively sound, which is good for them. Um, I think this was more of a product of Brentford's on a little bit of a downswing than though, like, I have complete faith that Tottenham can hold their own. But overall, it wasn't the most exciting game, but it was, they got the job done. So, win at home, get, get your shit figured out. Yeah, I actually think this, like, Tottenham sits in sixth. They got 22 points. Um, Brentford's down to 12th. They got 16. I actually think this was a pretty big game for Conte because this is a game they sh- they should win, but it's against an opponent that isn't bad. Like, like, Brentford's not bad. And I think what's going on with Brentford right now is some of these coaches have actually sat down and been like, all right, we understand what they're going to try to do. This is how we have to counter it and, and deal with it. And I think that... It's exactly what Conte did. And I, like I said, I think this was actually a pretty big win for them. For Brentford, it's kind of like what I just said. The, the, the rookie pitcher that comes up and has three great outings and then everyone has some film on them. And now it's like, all right, your second time through the order, you got to be a little bit more creative and do some other stuff. I think that's where we're at with them. And we're going to see how good this Thomas Frank is as a coach. Um and see if they can make, like, you know, you're, you're splitting the season into, like, three different sections. There's 30 games, essentially, right? Yeah. No, 28 games. Um, so it's, like, the back half of, of these games, he's got to figure out, like, all right, how can I get it so that even Ivan Tony can either score more goals or I can get someone else to score some goals, too. So Yeah, I agree. I thought. Also, Nick's texting yeah. me on the side asking if we did height and weight, and I just told him. And he literally guessed Jota. And I go, most solid. He goes, no way, that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, please don't tell him that I thought someone was, uh, a grown man was 128 pounds. Yeah, I think he'll listen. He'll, he'll know. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Big game of the week. Manchester United 3, Arsenal 2. Emil Smith Rowe, first goal. Um, on the board for Arsenal, on some controversy. Uh, big Fred put his big foot. No, you call that controversy? No, controversy in the sense that there's no controversy. Okay, cool. Continue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, yes. Okay. Smithrow scores a goal. Fred steps on De Gea's foot. De Gea goes down uh, like a sack of potatoes. Um, and United fans everywhere are just pulling their hair out. Uh, Fred going to do Fred things. Um, down 1-0. Fernandez gets the first goal for United to tie it up in the 44th with an assist by Fred. Um, Ronaldo scores in the 52nd minute to take them up 2-1. Then Martin Odegaard scores for Arsenal in the 54th to tie it up. 
and then Cristiano Ronaldo puts away a penalty that was drawn by Fred himself in the 70th minute um, to give United the 3-2 win. So if you're keeping track at home, that's negative one to Fred to start off, then plus one twice for Fred. So now he's back to plus one. Um, what do we What do we think? Should I just read? This game was so. This game was such like a beacon of dissatisfaction and like like almost the pod falling apart last week that this was the only way this game could have went. And it's kind of disappointing we don't have everyone here to talk about it, actually. It was a fun game, too, to watch. Um, yeah. It was the epi- I guess, to your point, it was the epitome of, in the beginning, we got exactly of, hey, this is why United sucks. Like, for mm-hmm. how, like, especially, like, De Gea sitting there, like, that was the most, I'm pretending like I just popped my Achilles. But, like, he could have literally gotten up and saved that ball no problem if he actually, like, decided oh. not to do the theatrics, which is Thousand the funniest percent. part of that entire thing. Thousand percent. But then Thousand at the percent. end, when Arsenal finally comes back and ties it, and then, like, that was just such a dumb tackle in the box, like, to give the third penalty, too. Like, it was just... They deserve each this other. This is what... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's why the debate last week was so good, because they really are closer to each other than either fans want to admit. Like, Nick did not want to admit, I didn't think, that he was as close to Arsenal as we think they are. I agree, but then when you look back at it, who scored the goals for Arsenal and who scored the goals for United? I'd still, like, it was you, It was Arsenal's core still making a play happen to get mm-hmm. their goals on some type of, like, actual, like, playing a real game of soccer as opposed to mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong the Ronaldo goal was nice like um in terms of the build-up towards it and the Bruno goal like Fred helped out there too but like yeah um but it's still it's Ronaldo coming and saving their ass so like he's eventually going to be gone and I get it it's, Nick I know doesn't want him but like I think that to me solidifies our point that at least the young players even though they didn't win the young players of Arsenal are still getting better and still molding themselves into a team that's going to be a core that can play with each other where it's all these yeah. band-aid fixes that are helping out United. Yeah. I mean Smithrow scores the first goal with El Nenny on the assist uh for Arsenal. The second goal is Odegaard with Martinelli assisting. Like those are like they're spreading it around. You and I are on the same page of this where it's like the the pieces at Arsenal may not be as good as some of the pieces at United right now. They will be. But in two years, those pieces at Arsenal will probably still be there, and they'll be better than what United have currently. And it's Bruno, Ronaldo, and Ronaldo. Rashford did get the assist on the Ronaldo goal, yeah. though I will say that. But you're right. It's just him being the savior. Um, now... Do we, I, do we give it, do we give the fans Nick's reaction? Yes. Well, that's what I want to know. I, I was gonna say I wish Nick was here to be like, is he satisfied? Like, you're obviously satisfied with a win, but like, what did he think? He. This is in our group, so I'm actually shocked you missed this. But oh, I haven't looked at all. Carrick is the greatest winning percentage manager of all time. Bruno is back. Ronaldo is back. Fuck Arteta. No, City can take him. United is back. Can't wait to finish sixth. That, that yeah. like it's such a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, no, I I did. Now that you mentioned that, I, I did see that because then I just went straight into like asking you when you're gonna be right. <laughs> um, if he thinks they're finishing sixth, it means the hammers are staying around. 
Yeah. And then... And... If they're finishing it Arsenal? basically means he's bumping either Arsenal or Spurs out, and he's not worried about Leicester making a run or my set, like the Wolves, which I, to be honest, wouldn't be worried about the Wolves either, but like the Wolves actually being a team that can contend for that sixth spot. Like We have to... United, on... could, United could be, like, in all... So since we're shitting on them, though, with how close it is, like, United could be in a top-four spot by the time this month's over. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you go... From so so top three is thirty three points, thirty two points, thirty one. It's points. a three horse race, which is yeah. what it's going to be With, exciting as hell, by the way. Yeah, and it's exactly actually what we predicted at the beginning, kind of. I said it was going to really. be a fourteen race, so United kind of fucked me. It's it's fine, but if you go four to eight, that's West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham, United, Wolves. West Ham twenty four points, Arsenal twenty three points, Tottenham twenty two points. United 21 points, Wolves 21 points. There's so many different styles of play here just based on looking at statistics. Like, West Ham's goal differential is plus 8. Arsenal's is minus 3. Tottenham's is minus 4. And then you got yourself and Wolves at 0 each, but United is 24 and 24, and you guys are 12 and 12 on goals. Like, it's going to be so interesting. And it's why... These next two games for the Wolves are so important because when we're saying, was it last week, how top-heavy it is from the goals all being from the top three teams, if they're going to mm-hmm. lose these games, are inevitably going to happen. Lose them by one. If we can lose both these games by one goal and you keep that differential down, it's, it's huge, which I know sounds like such yeah. a loser thing to say, but like it's huge. Just don't get blown out. Basically. It's not worth losing if you can't lose. Love. Don't lose. Lose 2 nothing. I'm fine with that. Just don't let it get to three or four. Yeah. Um, all right. If if we're living in Nick's world and they do finish sixth, who stays in? Arsenal, Tottenham, or you guys? I think Arsenal for the fact that at this point it's what we th- I think I thought at least in the beginning of the year they're not playing in any competitions right now, which I think allows them to figure it out. And they're the second part of the analogy I was making before, where West Ham's built to beat the top guns. I think Arsenal is built to probably lose like they did this, even though I thought they played well, but lose today. Mm-hmm. But they will beat the teams they're supposed to beat moving forward, and that will get you into yeah. the top six. So yeah. I would say Arsenal, and I guess United then. So Spurs would be the odd team out, just because I still think Spurs is a clusterfuck. I'd love it if it's the Wolves, but like Agreed. I could see us finishing. I'd love it. I If we finish seventh and we're in that other fucking thing we'll probably win that so i'm fine with that get ourselves a trophy Euro conference yeah um i agree i'm going with arsenal at six at fifth and i am literally doing that for every reason that you just said but also because of the <laughs> just the poetry of of last podcast and that coming to fruition that way all right that's the week let's jump into everyone's predictions for this coming week um the week starts off, West Ham, Chelsea. I'm going to let you start each one of these, and then we can kind of go from there. Um, who do you got for West Ham, Chelsea? I think that this – I'm scared it's going to be a tie, but for selfish reasons that I said Chelsea's going to win the league, I'm taking Chelsea because, again, they need to rack up points for how this is going to come yeah. down to the wire. I, I have Chelsea as well. Michael is actually the only one 
who has uh, a West Ham Chelsea tie. Nick also with Chelsea. Uh, Burnley Newcastle. Ooh, we got some some different picks in here. So I initially yours is really weird because they're different colors on the things. Oh yeah, that's my fault. (laughs) No, well that's only because so I had Newcastle. I was running with Newcastle here, but then I just literally firsthand watched Burnley. That it's going to be a tie. I'm taking a tie. I mean, every week we say this. There is a few games that have tie written all over them. This is definitely one of them. This is definitely a game where I'm like, definitely could be a tie. Or, or I got Burnley, Burnley wins like for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I got Burnley. I know that Nick has Burnley, and it appears that Michael has gone Newcastle. Southampton, Brighton. I got the Gauls finally getting off the mark and getting a win, even though, as I say this, I'm t- less than 10% sure that'll happen. I think they're addicted to tying right now, so I'm taking another tie. I think that you have the smartest money out there. Michael and Nick both have Brighton with a win. Uh, Liverpool Wolves, the the first NAFTA derby for your... No, have you played City or United yet? No, I play you next week. Like, we're... Yeah. Are we the midweek? We might be midweek. Probably. We are... We sound like a midweek game with you guys. Um, first NAFTA derby for, for Dylan this year. Who do you get, give me your give me your breakdown on this? I have Liverpool. I actually have Liverpool because I think they're going to beat us. Um, I'd love to say we're going to score a goal, but we just didn't score against the two worst teams in the league. So probably two nothing Liverpool, unfortunately. All right, L- Liverpool was a unanimous decision for the pot. Perfect. So if you want to flip it, if you want to flip it to Wolves, go right ahead. No, we know how to um, operate. City Watford, um, everyone has City, uh, myself, Michael, and Nick. Dylan, I think you're in the same boat as well. Yes, sir. Um, Leeds-Brentford. Nick has a Leeds-Brentford tie. Michael has a Leeds-Brentford tie. I don't do ties, so I have a Brentford win for the Bs. But this, again, has tie written all over it. Yep. Exactly why I have Leeds Brentford tie as well. So everyone else has this tying, and I have it. Okay, correct. <laughs> makes makes sense. Um, United Palace. I got United. I believe that Michael has United as well, and then I would be totally shocked. Yes, uh, Nick with United. Also, where are you falling on this one? I have United. It's yeah. Palace away. Not gonna happen. No. Um, Spurs Norwich. I got Spurs. Michael has Spurs. Nick has Spurs as well. Um, Dylan. I had Norwich, and then I just oh watched the game, and I was like, I, I can't do it. So I switched it to Spurs. But I hope Norwich wins. Um, yeah, this is some of these. This is finally where I feel like we can make some very comfortable picks on some of these. Uh, this, not a comfortable one, though. Villa Lester. Who do you got on this one? I. I comfortably am taking Aston Villa. I'm taking Villa as well. So is Michael. But I don't know. Again, it's the Leicester thing, right? I don't know what, Le- Le- I don't know what team Leicester, what, who's showing up. So I'm going to take the yeah. team that I think has consistently been playing better, which means Leicester will probably win. But I'm taking Villa. Yeah. Um, 
Nick is the only one. He's got a Villa Leicester tie, which again, this one easily easily could be a tie. Uh, and then last game of the week, Everton at home <coughs> versus the Gooners. Um, I I picked Arsenal. I think Everton is one of the the biggest struggling teams right now. Agreed. For everything we've talked about with Arsenal, I think they're going to play well enough to win this game. Yeah, and I think that was unanimous as well. Michael has Arsenal, and so does Nick. Um, quick recap: Nick still in the league in the lead by percentages at thirty and twenty nine. He went five and five last week. Um, I'm sitting at second with sixty eight and seventy one, going five and five. Michael uh, in third, five and five last week as well, sixty three and seventy six. Um, and then Dylan without the twenty point booster uh, that he has, he's fifty six and eighty three, three and seven last week. Um, Wait till Boxing Day. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, we're doing it live and on the fly. Do we have any quick hitting bets for the people out there for fade and follow? Yeah, fade or follow. So first off, just want to throw it out there. I know I didn't write the blog, but for anyone keeping track at home, all three corner bets that I gave for the midweek games, all won. So we are now officially, uh, what was I before? We're still once defeated, but I think I'm 9-1 and one in my last 10. Uh, does that add up? No, I'd be 11-1. and one. Yeah, I'm 11-1 and one in the last uh, four match weeks. Um, unfortunately, corner lines aren't out yet, so... If anyone actually is interested, um, the, read the, the, the blog read will be getting posted tomorrow when I actually have some lines to go off of. There um, you go. Okay, so then this week from bets going live, Chelsea minus 125 when the team's in first place, getting them closer to that minus 110 number. I think you got to take it, so we'll take Chelsea minus 125. Um, there's a Liverpool parlay for Liverpool to win and over two and a half goals in that game, which is plus 105. Um, I will be taking that. And then, just because we keep saying all these games should be a tie, <laughs> I will take the one with the juiciest line. So we'll take Leeds-Brentford plus 270 draw. Love it. Love it. I'm doing the typical Ooh. rich man's parlay. Oh, you got one more? I found one more. Live. Okay. Um, yes. I just saw that the Breaking odds on news. well the the odds on Arsenal Everton Arsenal's getting plus money so I will take the Arsenal plus one fifteen in that game also. All right. Damn. I, should I add that to my parlay? So I normally do a fourteen parlay. You know, spoiler alert. It hasn't <laughs> hit really yet this year. Um, but I decided to do a three team. Um, again, hundred dollars down always. I got Brentford plus three ten. Brighton plus 205 and Burnley plus 215. That gives your odds a plus 3,839. 100 bucks wins you almost 4K. Um, if you want to get a little cheeky with it and you really feel comfortable with Arsenal, add them in there just to, to better your odds. Um, but let's see if I can pull it in. Big news. I don't think it's actually news. I don't know where I've been, but because I went to the NYCFC game last week, I learned this. Like, at sports betting is in New York City now. Oh, yeah, it's legal. I had no clue. How long has that been happening? Like, literally, like, it's breaking news. It's recent. It is? Yeah, okay. it's recent. So I, I don't want to feel like I was totally out of it. So I don't have to, like, get an offshore account and then, like, get pop-up 
blockers out the ass to be able to place a bet anymore. That's good. Um, some of the some of the companies though I did not know that are approved. Like it's not all of them are. Like who? Well, they, they all are. Like I I think um, like the DraftKings, FanDuel's, MGM's, all them I think are coming to you. Yeah, we it's I know those three are in there, but there's like a bet three six five. There's a so that's the biggest know, one in Europe. Yeah, that's the one that's on like almost everyone's jersey at some point. Correct. Um, but I did notice that the Penn Gaming like Barstool one did not get approved. Yeah, um, in New York City, which not not actually kind of surprising. Um, cool. That's the pod this week. We always say it's no no oh, no, no. no. We got one more thing to talk about. Oh, I can't believe I just pulled a Michael. Oh Mm-mm. no 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 no! We have our we have to make our own little podcast bet. I I, okay. I think you need to set the scene for for our our few listeners here. All right, a uh, few listeners, come on! Yeah. We're, we're hitting our stride just now. Um, many of you might not know this, but I'm actually the biggest playoff NYCFC fan ever. Uh, only during the playoffs, I have to conserve all of my energy of fandom for them so that when they go on a playoff run, I can give them 150%. Uh, as I said, went to the game two weeks ago, watched the, the Revs game um, live, and now we find ourselves at a crossroads with the Dupe Dupers from Philly. Wah, 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 <laughs> So, just because I'm a, I'm a great host and, and a gentleman, uh, Dylan, I'll let you set the stage on some analysis of this game. Maybe tell us what happened in the regular season, because like I said, I, I, I wasn't aware then. Yeah, so, as it goes into it, because I know this might help, but the winner of this game all things considered, should be hosting the uh, MLS Cup, too. Um, There are some upsets on the West Coast side where it's the four versus seven out there. Um, So Union are the two seed, NYC, FC are the four seed. Um, So especially if the Union win, it means that it will be in Philly and I will be at that game on September or was it December 11th, which if it's going to be like 15 degrees, it's going to be miserable. Um, But to give people what they're looking for, the Union are plus 140 heading into this, and NYFC, NYCFC are plus 205. Um, So it's moving towards the Union. However, when you look at when they've last played, we got an astounding 1-1 draw, um, and that was in New York. And then... um, we also had uh, two more times this year where the Union won one nothing, and then also in Philly, NYFC uh, won 2 nothing. but there was a red card in that game. That was like the third game of the season. So yeah. um, can't really go off of that. I think from, I don't know, you're only going off of recent form, which I think is good for this conversation. Uh, the Union are doing what they've done all year where they've had been playing really good defense and let Andre Blake just scare people into not even being able to make uh, a penalty shot. And then uh, NYCFC is actually playing a very attacking game right now. So I think it's going to mm-hmm. turn into can the Union stay defensively tough while kind of hitting you on the counter. Um, I think at home, I think we should be able to do that. I hope my favorite player gets allowed to play, and if so, then I actually am not worried 
at all. Not worried at all. No. So his, his name's Imbazio, Olivier Imbazio. He's from Cameroon. Um, however, he hasn't been able to play because that's where I think Omicron, wherever they were at for a World Cup qualifying, Omicron's been there. So oh. he's been, he hasn't been in our last two playoff games, and our right back now is not ideal, and I wish he wasn't playing. Um, but I'll just put it out. This will be my bold prediction. You know Brendan Harrison? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his brother Paxton ends up coming in, either starting or coming in as a super sub and hits the game winner to send us to MLS Cup. Then all 18 years of him. Or 19, gotcha. I think he's 18. So, is it the highest seed in, like, because I, I know they do the supporter shield, gets the, the best record in, in all of MLS. You just beat Is them. it the highest seed in that host? Yeah, so whoever has the most points... Year so wise. the only way the only way that someone like that would host is if Portland doesn't make it, then right? No, Portland, we're the two I, seed. Uh, but Portland's okay. I'm not. I mean, I I should not question you <laughs> because I know this is also last time I was at a game against Portland, we kicked their ass like four nothing. So I actually hope if we beat you, I just know Portland. it looks like. It says Portland finished with fifty five points and Philly finished with fifty four. So I wasn't sure. As far as I know, um, it's based off of seeding. Okay, 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 okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's based off of seating. So what's the, what is the, the, the MLS gentleman's bet we got to do here? And it's straight up wins, right? It's whoever advances because I, could, I wouldn't be shocked if this ends up going into overtime like yeah. everything else. Um, yeah. I don't know. Are we following our co-host lead and we're doing a beer bet or do you want to actually do something of monetary value? Um, do you want to make it so... I don't make any more city jokes. Like, what, what are you looking for here? I mean, listen, I got thick skin. I can take the city jokes. Um, I, I'm starting to pick up a trend, too, where our co-hosts joke about how poor they are all the time. So I think it would be funny to be monetary about it. <laughs> Sounds and great. Like money. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, can do, I can do a combo. The, the winner, the, the loser... A has to pay, and and what should it be fifty hundred. Let's do fifty. What do you want? Let's do fifty. Okay, fifty dollars, and then the loser has to come into the other person's city for the a, a soccer Monday mor- or a soccer morning. Yeah, I think that deal. That's the exact thing. Yeah, that's a fair deal. Zoom, zoom, shake on it. Um, Either way, we're, we're in good hands because there's a bar that I just discovered by me in Brooklyn that is a great soccer bar. And I've already been to the one in Hoboken with you, which I'll go um, without having to place a bet at any point. So, so um, final prediction then. With only, only being the one game and I think watching two, what do you think? So, which McCall can't play? Who? Castellanos can't play. Oh, oh, because of yellow cards? Yeah. Ooh. Which, honestly, my, like, my logic brain is telling me, like, it's going to be 1-0 NYCFC. And it's got to be a goal from, like, someone we're not, I'm not expecting. I'll be honest, it's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Only because I've been to enough Union games to know that if we shockingly couldn't score, it it would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going one nil uh, NYCFC, but yeah, breaking news: the the Golden Boot winner will not be playing against um, Philly. 
Yes. I was just looking it up, and Basio returns to training, and that was nine hours ago. So, yeah, now you just can't leave. Um, <laughs> you'll see, John, when you watch this game, if you're going to watch this game, I don't know if you will be. Um, oh, I will. But if you end up watching this game, he's our right back, and he he's not as good, and I will get shit on for this, but think of him as trying to be our Reese James, and he just keeps shooting up the wing like and crossing <laughs> balls over to our six, seven German shaboinks. Um so I will say I'm gonna say a two one union win. Alright. Do, do you guys score first or do you come from behind? I think we score first, let up something stupid, and then and then and then behind. score in between the eighty third and eighty seventh minute. I like it. Also, uh not necessarily for the podcast, behind you. Is that is that the yes. Delaware? No, yeah, okay. it, it's the stadium you probably don't like. Yeah, I I said that looks very Penn Stateish. What's the other one? Giant, uh, well, MetLife, Giant, but Giant Stadium. Oh, okay. Um, all right, perfect. MLS podcast set, bet made. Uh, we will be posting pictures from the early morning Guinnesses and what do you what do you drink early mornings for soccer games? I'd have a Guinness. What do you What do you prefer? You can't do red wine that early in the morning, can you? No, I'd probably get a Guinness. Yeah, all right. So Guinness is early in the morning. Um, maybe we'll invite Nick. Michael, unfortunately, can't make it because he's below the Mason-Dixon line. Um, bet made. Dylan, take us out on this podcast, just the two of us, which should be the outro music. Um, uh, fuck, I can't do that. I... I... I just thought of a Neymar joke, but I feel like he's actually seriously injured, so I don't think I can do that. Is it is it raw? No, I mean, go go right ahead. All right, so um, while he's been out, Neymar was found at a Celine Dion concert, screaming from pain and rolling around, and it's because he was touched by the music. Cheers. Just the two of us. Yeah.